It's six o'clock and you are hanging out tonight with Sandra, LJ, and Marissa. And we are with Buja Dreaming. How are you ladies tonight? Good, LJ. We are fantastic. Kaya, LJ. Kaya, Sandra. Kaya, Marissa. Kaya, LJ. Thank you. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about the new show or should we jump to some tunes? Oh, let's start off and get ourselves grooving, hey? And then we can talk a little bit about what our show's about. What do we reckon? That sounds fantastic. So we will kick it off tonight with Hey Wanaka, just to get everybody moving around a little bit by King Stingray. Your voice, your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. Do you have a story to share, but don't think anyone would listen? Here at IPL Radio, we care about your story. IPL Radio is a community access radio station and has been inspiring passionate lives since July 2020, broadcasting across Australia, New Zealand, America, Canada and the UK. We're very proud of our family of presenters who come from a diverse background, including young and young at heart, with health or mental health issues or disabilities. Whether it's spreading awareness of rare conditions, supporting your event, or helping to promote your music or your business, there's a place for you in our family. We especially welcome First Nations people, people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds, people living with a disability, and LGBTQ plus communities. Come and join us at IPL Radio. Email us at info at iplradio.org.au for more information. And we are back on Buja Dreaming, just here with you on your Sunday night. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Um, yeah, Marissa, we were just talking a little bit about um, doing, not the, the welcome to country, but this um, basically... Um, introducing ourselves a bit and giving reverence to the land and, and the native um, inhabitants, plants, animals, humans, um, and the earth. For sure. So where IPL is located is actually in the Rockingham area, uh, also known as the Durbunara. So we'll just like to acknowledge the country that we're on down here. So um, Kai and Yarn Quirrell, uh, Marissa... On Yungabuja down here in Durbunara. So um, it's a kind of special little area. It ha- actually has a lot of cultural significance down here. So it's really nice to to sit amongst it and be amongst it. And, um, you know, I played a, a really important role a few years ago where I was invited to be or um, share cultural knowledge around the coastal areas, around Fremantle, right up through Perth and things like that. And Rockingham is actually one of the spots that I used to come down and do a little bit of, you know, cultural um, heritage, you know, yarning with the elders and things like that. So it is kind of a little special dreaming place all in itself down here. So wow. um, yeah, we'd like to connect with some of the locals while we're down here as well. And we had a bit of a yarn during the week to a few of the Aboriginal organisations. So they're really keen to 
be linked into what we're doing and, um, you know, helping share and showcase, you know, uh, culture at its best down here. So we're very excited to be a part of the program. So thank you to IPL and yourself, LJ, for getting us here. So. And thank you for joining us. So this is a brand new show for all of our listeners out there. And everything that you're talking about is what we wish to speak about on the show. Um, We want to talk about um, the land in which we inhabit that we may not know that much about or we may know more about. And we're all about sharing stories here. It's stories of our cultures. Um, You're welcome to call in as well, too, if there's a topic of interest for you or a question for any of us. Um, We have our mobile number is 0413-636-024. And you can always also email us at info at iplradio.org.au. Yes, so if you are listening, I've just posted on my Bindi Bindi business page. So hopefully I've got some of my followers listening to us this evening because I have a lot of followers that are very interested in learning more a little bit about Aboriginal history and, you know, being connected to this place as well, um, LJ. So um, you're probably going to learn a lot from us as well. I certainly hope so. And it's such an honour to be able to be in that position. And so I know that you have a long history of dedication to this cause, to um, talking about these issues, to doing this work, this important work in your community um, through Bindi Bindi Dreaming. So do you want to talk a little bit about Bindi Bindi Dreaming and the work that you do? Sure. So Bindi Bindi Dreaming was actually born a few years ago, like I'm going way back to the year 2000 is when uh, I first started my business journey and I actually was employed by the, well actually it was called Conservation and Land Management back then, CALM, then it changed hands and now it's changed again. So I was employed as an Aboriginal Heritage Officer, I really didn't know what it meant at the time and when I got in there Um, I didn't want to (laughs) leave. It was the best job on earth um, because I had a lot of travel around the state talking to Aboriginal communities and people and just getting that knowledge of country, the animals, the spiritual places, like things that were really important to our community and how did we showcase that and to kind of, you know, keep it around for generations to come as well. So being really, really sustainable and, you know, helping communities develop programs to care for country and things like that. So, you know, there was five or six of us um, that were hired through the unit, the Aboriginal Heritage Unit, and then it kind of grew over time as some of us moved on and did different things. So in the background, I kindly, I kind of started my business, Bindi Bindi Dreaming, because my manager at the time was really supportive and said, hey, we've got so much work, this is going to overflow late evenings and on weekends. And he said, if you can get yourself a business, get yourself an ABN, like you can continue to do these on weekends and after hours. And our organisation gave us uh, the permission to do that. And so... I was kind of working seven days a week, not six days, five days a week. So on the weekends we were doing like cultural tourism and taking people out on country because we just could not find the time during the week to do that. This is how much the demand of people wanting to just know and understand our culture 
um, better and we kind of had to do it in levels because you can't just teach everyone everything at the one time. I mean, I'm still learning my whole life about, you know, um, cultural things that are coming to the forefront where the elders are starting to share that stuff because um, not too, not sure if you know LJ but this history in this country everything was kind of shut off, closed, hidden. So a lot of our old people weren't allowed to talk about things. So it's very, you know, we're going along slowly, slowly to, you know, work with the elders to build up the confidence for them to share that as well because, um, you know, they weren't allowed to share. You know, a lot of our wow. our wow. people were affected with the stolen generation, not just mine but Sandra's family and, you know, probably all our listeners that are listening to us. So, you know, we've got to leave that legacy for the younger generation to carry on our culture and mm-hmm. traditions for as long as we can, you know, so it's from here into eternity. Yeah, we were just having a little bit of a conversation about some of the barriers and, and things that we might not even think about, like how, you know, First Nations people have been underrepresented, up yep. underrepresented in in Congress, in legislation, and not even allowed to practice their own cultural heritage on mm. the on their own land. Like it's a, it's a similar things. story yeah. to a lot of Indigenous cultures around the world. You would it know is, from where you've yes. come from as well. I was yeah. just thinking, like in our African American mm. people, we had black codes, and so people don't understand these nuances. They may see crime, they may see violence, and they may see the this disproportionate number of our African-American people and our, um, for that matter, our, our immigrant people that come, you know, from the south of the border um, yeah. in prisons and jails and without really having an understanding of why that is, that that so many times it's it's the systems themselves that sort of keep them That's trapped. Right. And we had black codes, for example, in America. So even after, you know, slavery was abolished, there were laws that you couldn't, you couldn't buy property um, wow. if you were black. You couldn't. Um, there were. You couldn't own land. There were jobs that you couldn't. You weren't legally allowed to have. Mm. And then there were just things that were stigmatized, like wow. interracial relationships, oh, to the yeah. point that, where people that were lynched. Thing. Yeah. So we. You know, this is this is absolutely. It is a global phenomena with yeah. with, with native people and suppressing mm. the, the culture. I think it's called cultural, you know, it's like a cultural imperialism, isn't mm. it? Yep. And 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 also too, it's like, I don't know, what one thing that I sort of witnessed and you tell me if this is true or not, but from my eyes it's like you see the government giving money and maybe well-intentioned, you know, but when you're displacing or uh, what I really like about Bindi Bindi dreaming is it's, it's something that it doesn't say conform to this way. No, take that's this, right. take this handout. It's cultivating or celebrating yep. culture, which is what that's I'd right. love to see more of. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly why me and Sandra do what we do. Cause we love it. And we come across so many people <laughs> that, um, join our journey because of that reason. So, you know, that we do the sorts of things that, you know, can break those stereotypes and break all of those things that, like you're just talking about. So, you know, we've, we've, um, we do things from, say, cooking demonstrations to arts and crafts with the kids. We And adults. And adults, yes. Um, we do... We do cooking. We um, well, you do the walking. I do the cooking. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah, that's how we work really well. Yeah, yeah. we go. We go out on country. We do it yep. local. We go into businesses. 
we 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 will actually feed people from the back of the car if we have to. <laughs> we have. What do we call that? Our um, boot boot morning tea. Boot morning tea. <laughs> And I had some of your fantastic lemon myrtle chicken and like lemon myrtle cake at one of your recent events. And that's actually how I came reacquainted with you because <laughs> I'd studied bush tucker in, in America. We mm. call it something else there, um, like bushcraft or something like that. But anyway, I was very interested in that there and I was looking for something like that here. And that's actually how I came across your organization when I was out working on the cattle station in the Kimberleys. <laughs> wow. And so when I came back to Perth, I saw that you were doing an event. I was like, I got to check that out. And I heard, Sandra, that you make an amazing meat pie. So definitely like. <laughs> well, I'm learning as I go. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that We're going to have to hit her up for we'll, kangaroo we'll do that meat pies. Week. We'll have meat pies next week. Oh. <laughs> well, you two can have the roux pies and I'll have the meat pies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Deal. meat pie to differentiate because in America, for our American audience, they're thinking apple pie. And so if I just if we just say pie, everybody in Australia will already know. But <laughs> yeah, in America, yes. that's an apple pie ah. pumpkin. Okay, but in America you call a pizza a pie. Well, yeah, a pizza pie. There you go. Um, Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, we'll get to some tunes and we'll come back on to um, celebrate culture. Keep yarning. Keep yarning. Yeah, sounds good. Your voice, your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. And we are back with Buja Dreaming. For those of you that don't know, Buja is the Noongar word for country. And this show is was the inception of bringing together sort of the other side of Australia, really. So myself as an immigrant comprised maybe roughly 30% of Australians. And according to the last year's census, it was actually, like, I couldn't believe, but less than 3% mm. um, First Nations people. So, It's yeah. pretty poor, isn't it, <laughs> to I think we're only 3%. But that's, too, according to the census. So but I was just going to say, a lot of yeah. the remote communities um, probably haven't, you know, ticked off in the box in the census. So there's probably a lot of community plus, mob out there that haven't, you know, said that they were online last year. Hmm? Yeah. So that's another yeah. thing. And yeah. that was, that's I did true. it at light. So, and even then, it's been, mm. it was a bit complicated. That's just but that's okay. Yeah. The ones that are here, we're definitely present and yeah. our presence yeah. is made. So, you know, we can only get better at continuing to share our culture to Absolutely. those who want to join us. So, this is, yeah. like you said, LJ, what the program is about. And we wanted to come up with something snappy and catchy and. <laughs> You know, bring people together. So, Buja Dreaming. So, um, you know, talking about country and talking about those things that are really close to us and actually making that connection a country. Mm, mm, So, mm, mm. you know, we hope to tee that out during the time that we're here every Sunday evening. That's fantastic. Yes, what a blessing and what a dream yes. come true. Yeah, I, I remember when I first came to Perth, I was like, I want to see, I want to hear didgeridoo. I want to see, you know, bush tucker events. I want to understand, you know, the story, the culture. Where do I find it? So it can yep. take some time, really. It um, can do if I you don't even... know what you're looking <laughs> for. And I think that's one of the messages, like, as part of our business is if you don't know anything about us, you get into the space of like wanting to do it. I mean, when you go to another mm. country, you definitely go and seek things that you want to go 
to do. Exactly. So that's exactly the same for us. I just always say to us, like, if you come here, you, you know, make yourself known to do that, to come and see us and come and taste bush tucker. Get out on country. Mm-mm-mm. Sing our songs, you know. We're playing a really good playlist tonight with um, a lot of Aboriginal singers. So, yeah. Know. Amazing, amazing. Um, so, I know that you guys did radio before together. You had a radio show on RTR. So, you've co presented. This is nothing new for you two, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, hats. actually, the, the show that we co presented was the one down at Radio Fremantle, and that was on Friday evenings, and we called that While You're Up Radio. So, um, awesome. me and Sandra were co hosts down there, and we, we had a blast down there, didn't we? We, did. we had. <laughs> we had a lot of um, conversations with people and, you know, the prison systems tapped into us and things like that. You know, they were playing it on a Friday night through the prisons and we had requests. Wow. And, oh, it was so much fun. How and cool is that? It was excellent. So we had, you know, um, some of the guards ringing us to say, hey, the prisoners want to hear this song, so we'd play it for them. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it was excellent. So, you know, there's not an audience we can't reach. That's awesome. So, yeah, I think a big part of our show is just resourcing up the community, you know, introducing the community and even myself to a lot of the, the music here, a lot of the, the culture that we may not even know exist. Um, to the extent that um, you want to share it, um, I think there's a, quite an audience that would love to hear it, that would love to learn more. And For sure. Yeah. And a lot of our followers don't know enough so I think that's why they you know want a little bit each time so we don't overwhelm people with you know giving them this all this information then they've got to process it so how we work and and how my business works is to do things in slow level learning so hey the first thing might be actually do you know and understand about Noongar culture and history so you'll come and do that and then the next level is hey I talked about totems what are they Mm, yeah. Um, oh, what was that season you just talked about? You know, so yeah, it's yeah. giving people that little step to the next learning of, you know, our culture and, and coming on the journey. So that's kind of what I do or what we do. And then, hey, it's food. You know, we're going to feed people while, while we're out on country and use these beautiful herbs and spices that come from country. And now you're eating it for your own health and well-being. So it's um, mm. so it's slowly building up people's confidence as well so then they can better understand our culture and then they will be the soldiers to go out there and continue to teach so usually the next round of people that come has been someone through word of mouth Mm -hmm. that have come on in our experiences and then they've gone hey but my family from UK is coming over how do we find out about Aboriginal culture what do we take them to you know what's a workshops coming up so um we're now moving into the season of Jilba and we're starting to move now because it's warm the weather's warmer so there's a lot of things coming up. Yes, I want to I want to let our audience know too that you know, we may have four seasons in our western culture, right? Winter, spring, summer and fall, but how many seasons do you have in Aboriginal culture? Many, many. Autumn. Fall, autumn. Autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Fall. We're going back to the States. <laughs> yeah. So we have Noongar, um, six Noongar seasons here. Oh, so yeah. uh, we have okay. Birak, December to January. Okay. February is Bunaroo, uh, yeah. Feb to March. April, May is Jill, uh, Jaren. 
I'm laughing at Sandra because I'm saying, Sandra, you say the next this one. This is pop quiz time. <laughs> I can tell. Jaren, then we have June, July, Macaroo, okay. which we've just come out of. Yep. Now we're edi- heading into Jilba, sep- uh, August, September, and October, November is Camberang. And then you come back to the next one, which is Birak, December to <laughs> January. <laughs> so... Um, that's how our six seasons works, and they're not everywhere. These are only specific to Noongar country. And so when you move around oh, wow. Australia, you move around the states, they will have different seasons in each of the other Aboriginal groupings as well. So um, a really good way to actually learn a little bit more about the other seasons is the Bureau of Meteorology. So okay. if you go on that website and type in Indigenous seasons calendar you'll be able to find all the other aboriginal seasonal calendars and it's just phenomenal to see how many of our mob around australia and the difference between them wow that is so cool it's so interesting and with with jubar in my in my jubar yeah jubar you're right with jubar um what is the significance i mean are there certain plants that you would cultivate or harvest at this time or what is the what is the significance certainly so i actually teach the noongar seasons as a subject uh through my my business and jilba's all about the flowering the new growth um the babies you know being born um that's when the winds change and that smell just hits you in the face that you know it's the new season. So, you know, it's all about, you know, being observant um, around what is flowering, what is fruiting, what are the birds and animals doing. So it's always about the powers of observation for our people and that's actually how we used to move around the seasons as well. When you saw that wind move or you saw those animals go, you would follow to the next direction. And for us in Noongar country, we're actually heading up Actually, we just come out of the cooler climate. We're now going to be heading back through a lake system and then back to the the coast around about oh, the wow. summertime. That's right. So it's every two months we move. So this season you're wow. probably harvesting a lot of your root vegetables. Mm-hmm. So you're eating a lot of fibrous foods like bush potatoes, the root systems around the lake system. So munching on some of those reeds, the ducks, the frogs. So a lot of these food sources that are available to you at that time. So it's lots of white food and light food. So this would be a season of migration? Yeah. Well, most of them are. For us, it's not staying in the one spot. We migrated across country every season. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's what kept us healthy and fit as well, (laughs) is knowing and understanding what the food we ate and then walking or, you know, making your tools and your artefacts and things like that talking you're looking at the star you know and getting the star stories and finding out where the you know emu is laying its eggs and things like that so they're all Amazing. they're all there it's so much to learn we've lost so much of our connection with nature and we're really coming up with so many ideas for how to go green and mm. um you know a lot of even campaigns are green washing which is kind of like looking good on the surface but how much are we really you know um how much is really happening but at least there's mm. a lot of attention right now on global warming and environmental degradation and yep. a lot of that is systemic so i think that probably now more than ever, tapping into this knowledge uh, base is so valuable. And, and I was just going to say yeah. a lot of that is human fault. Yeah, Like we're doing that to ourselves. Whereas as Aboriginal people, we were, we were very careful and we were caretakers of country. So 
We only harvested what we needed. We didn't do much damage to country. Um, you know, where we walked, the trail was already there. We didn't want to make a new trail because it's then new, crushing new growth and food and things like that. So you stayed to the same path, walking, you know, year on, season on, um, and that's the reasoning of the, the food sources. It was different at every season because you didn't want to take that one product all the time. That's you right. had to allow it to grow for the next year. Yeah, Living then, in harmony yeah. with the land, not sort of fighting your way through it or like this Or with anyone of, else. It was just yeah, you yeah. and country and your family and your eating and your teaching and, yeah. you know, everything was in harmony. So when I was in the States, I was um, learning from, I was really, like I was telling you, I was interested in bushcraft here because that's what I studied in the States from Tom Brown, who teaches the lineage of the Apache. Mm. And so it's interesting how these native cultures, going back to native cultures all over the world and the suppression of culture and whatnot, but how so many of these new lived in tandem, lived in harmony with the environment in such a way that we've just we really lost so much of this knowledge and I, I really do believe that how are we going to survive unless we find a way back yep. back to that. That's so, right. Yeah. And it's it's nice to know that there are so many of us teaching that as well. Like I'm only one business but in the Perth metro area there's so many Aboriginal people in this space that are continuing to share this knowledge as well which is fantastic. So like there's no excuse for anyone not to know and understand and learn because you just have to get on the Aboriginal Business Register, you just have to Google, we're on Facebook, you know, we're, our presence is out there. So if we're not available, we'll definitely know someone else that we can put you in touch with. So Absolutely. It's so good. Our network is just like a big spider web. It's fantastic. We know everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so just a reminder for um, all of our listeners out there, if you have any questions, if you'd like to email in, we have an email address, info at iplradio.org.au. Let's cut to a track. I hope I am pronouncing this corre- correctly. This is Phil Wallystack's Numbi Midair. Your voice. Your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. Kaya and good evening, everyone. You have tuned into IPL, which means Inspire Passionate Lives. And you're joined by LJ, Sandra and myself. So we're just going to have a bit of a yarn to Sandra because you've kind of heard a little bit about my story. So let's um, get a little bit of background info. So I'm going to do like a little bit of a spot interview to my sister girl here. Sandra, who are you and who's your mob? Well, I'm Sandra and I'm a mob. <laughs> that's it. it. Simple. Simple. You're my mob. Yes, you, I'm your mob. That's right. Everybody's my mob. <laughs> so, where are your where are your family connections? Uh, Harvey, Bunswick, Bunbury. Nice. So a little bit of the the cold climate. Well, you might say sort of. Cold. I say natural. <laughs> the natural mm-hmm. environment. So, so what have you been doing with yourself? Um. Well, where have you come from? Because you now work with me and do some work. But where have you come from well, before, before that, that? I was at Australia Post for 15 years. Wow. 15 years? Did you not want to do anything else? No, I actually liked it. Right. Oh, so tell yeah. us what you liked about Australia Post. Um, customer service. 
Who thought I'd be good at that? <laughs> well, the customers do. Well, doing the mail. Well, my co-workers might mail, disagree not, with me. Not M-A-L-E's? No, mail. Letters. Okay. <laughs> parcels, packages, people. <laughs> um, so, yes, and then they had a lot of uh, Indigenous employees, which is good. People come in, coming out. So, yeah, so when I started, we had probably a team of 12 come through. Right. And we all did our training for six months. And, yeah, went down to Fremantle Post Office and worked there for a while. Well, Fantastic. that's the only place I've worked. They wouldn't let me go anywhere else. I think oh. they love me. Fremantle's nice anyway. Well, it was. Yeah. It's recently got damaged by the <gasps> rains and the <gasps> storms. I know. Is that true? Probably, yeah. Probably the night we Sandra did Sandra just showed me a photo. and Yep. It was probably the night we did the... Um, for bingo, no? For bingo. Was it the same night? I think so, because that was bad weather that night. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. But it was really bad weather in Fremantle, because it was, I think it happened on a Saturday night, yeah. Wow. And are they rebuilding it then? Are you sad that it has been destroyed? Well, it is heritage listed, but they do have a little spot at the top of the mall on High Street where people could go and um, do their mail and that. So, yeah, so that was a bit sad to find out Mm. that my favourite post office got damaged. I know. Hey, and... um, at Australia Post, like, what were the sorts of things that you did? Like, were you was Australia Post good at embracing like NAIDOC Day and things like that? Like, um, did you make a presence in the post offices around, like, the metro area? With, you know, what did you do? Well, we at your office, we we used to have our own social group, right? Which was good. So we um we used to meet each year and have a function. Which was organised by my beautiful Auntie Lynette. Yay! Hi, Auntie Lynette. I don't know if you're listening, but thank you. Uh, She was working at Australia Post as well. That's right. And she was up in the corporate office, so she used to do a lot of the organisations for us all. Yep. And she used to come out and do her visits and make sure that everybody was happy. Nice. And, yeah. And at one stage, Fremantle Post Office had four Indigenous employment uh, people PSOs working at the same time. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So, yeah, that was good. Excellent. And I think, was it one year that Australia Post bought out a coin, an Aboriginal coin or something like that? Two years ago, I think. Yeah. That was fantastic. With the flag on it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was fantastic. I remember that. So, little little, little steps, isn't it, to make exposure out to the community to, you know, showcase and highlight our culture. And do you remember who the artist was? No. Yeah, no, I can't remember either. But I remember that special coin edition. And that yeah, was I never got one though. I didn't either. I think they sold out before I had a chance to. And wasn't there a stamp as well? Remember the stamps? Yeah, the, you I had think some there special was edition some stamps. stamps. Maybe limited editions. I think so. Like, might be that quite valuable at some point. Oh, they yeah. definitely will be. Yeah. You had to be quick to get into them too, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever seen one. Really? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You had to be quick <laughs> <laughs> because I think. They come. They they make them at the start of the year, so they come in for the uh, philatelic month, which is early in the year. I might be wrong, but and then I think at the end of the year, the Australia Post send out um, have a, a a book, a philatelic book, right. with every stamp that was released and some first day covers that were released that year. So that would be in there. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's probably the only way we're going to get it, and it's probably expensive. Because it's if it's a limited edition. Get it while you can. I reckon. As soon as they come out, you need to get them, hey? Auntie Lynn! <laughs> <laughs> She's not with the Stray Post anymore. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we won't be able to get those stamps, are we? 
No. Okay, another question. So we've come from Australia Post. What what makes you tick? What makes you get up in the morning? Country music. Country music? Country music. Wow, not a good breakfast? No. <laughs> not your son? No. Definitely not. <laughs> Is country there a one o'clock country music? Oh, she would have one ah. for sure. <laughs> Which song? I sleep with headphones on. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Do you I actually sleep then? No, I go to sleep, listen to country music. I wake up, listen to country music. Wow. Girl after my own heart. I reckon. That's how you used to a, would get on roll. well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the dog wakes me up to go out for the toilet, but, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. But, yeah. I like country music. I like Indigenous music, which who, is good. Who are some of your favourite <coughs> country artists anyway? Oh. Oh, you went to – what's his name? Um, yeah, Kusan Angel Goodmore. Yeah, that's him. Gretchen Wilson. Oh, yeah. Dolly Parton. That's the three I've seen. Yes. Um, She's from my Oh, place. my God. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> okay. My favourite era of country music is probably the 1970s. Well, well that's when you were oh born. Being God, Father's yes. Day and raising with a single mum, mum used to listen to a lot of old country. Yep. So that's why I listen to a lot of old country and a lot of country music. Wow. Let's queue up some Dahlia. Yay. That's definitely we should do. We should. Happen. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's a little bit of a snapshot of Sandra, but we're here for three hours and we'll be here every Sunday evening. So please make sure you tune in um, and come and say g'day. We have a email, info at IPL radio or lower, uh, lowercase one word, dot org, dot au. Our number is 0413 636 024. And so come maybe, and say g'day. Maybe send us some request. Send yeah. us a request. Because, you know, we're going to play songs that we all like. Send maybe us a question. If you'd like. like something burning, burning question. We would love to hear from you. Yes. So we've loaded up a, a beautiful song for Sandra on behalf of all the fathers out there for Father's Day. So I hope you enjoy. Your voice, your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. Now, that should have got your body pumping, those last few songs. We had Duncan by Slim Dusty. Yay for all the fathers out there for Father's Day. We had Better Than by John Butler Trio and the last one was Black Fingernails, Red Wine, Eskimo Joe. And we're actually going to put the spotlight on our dear friend LJ here this Uh-oh. evening because she's invited us and dobbed us in to come on the show with her. <laughs> so we actually don't know a lot about her except that she's got a very strong accent and she's <laughs> definitely not from Australia. So we're going to ask her some questions around who is LJ and where are you from and who are your mob? Okay. Well, LJ stands for Laura Joan. I am from the Deep South, a little town called Paris, Tennessee. And I reckon I'm, you know, I'm going to say like Sandra did, if I can use your responses, mine as well too. But I, I think I'm just a world explorer, really. Citizen of the world. Wow. And so how long have you been in Australia and what brought you here? Oh man, that's quite a story. Is that a story a, in it's itself? A, bit of a can of worms, <laughs> but I'm I'm totally open to share. So even if it's just a little snapshot, a little snapshot. Okay, um, I was traveling in India. I was following a guru there. Ended up realizing that it was a cult that I was involved with, and that there were lots of crimes against humanity that were being committed there. And there was a whistleblower down in Bunbury that was speaking out against that. And after I had sort of given up my career 
all of my life savings and just basically everything else to be a sannyasi in India. Um, I thought, well, I could go back to the States, but wow. my house is being rented there. Well, I'll just come to Australia and um, make a little bit of meaning and purpose out of my experience and um, try to shed light onto this issue. So that's what initially brought me to Australia. I ended up in a relationship with someone here, and that's sort of what kind of kept me here. And I just fell in love with it, hey, mm. straight away. Like, I haven't even left WA. I've done, like, all of the <laughs> rural... No out- one leaves WA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did anyone tell you that? No, just joking. So I just started a life here. I just thought, well, if I'm going to start over somewhere, it might as well be here. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So, and I wanted to give a shout out. I know that speaking of Paris, Tennessee, my homeboy, Dylan Sager, has stayed up all night so that he can um, be sure and hear the show. Oh, so. Kaya, Dylan, all the way in Tennessee. <laughs> so oh, the deep south. I've got to say it properly, don't I? Tell yeah. us more about your town in Tennessee. Uh, okay. Let's see. So we're in the we're in what you call the Bible Belt region. Um, so we have a lot of uh, Trump supporters there. Shout out to all the Trump supporters there. Uh, we have a lot of Baptist churches. Uh, it's quite different. We were talking a little bit about America in general and how we celebrate. We get really excited about Christmas, holidays, Thanksgiving. Oh, we do too. Just yeah, not, a, not, not ex- exciting yeah, as you guys not, do. Not as much. But um, what else do we, we – we, our town is known for the world's biggest fish fry parade. And that's a oh. big deal every year. Yeah, we, we fry up catfish. That's kind of close and near to – I know food is near and dear to all of our hearts. But you guys yep. with the bush tucker, we have lakes and they have big catfish. Like wow. Big as, have you like, ever caught a catfish? No, sadly, actually, I don't think you I, don't think head, I don't have. You? They do down there. They call it noodling, I think. Dylan would know. Uh, he probably has, but yeah. I don't think I ever did um, wow. catch a catfish, ever. Anybody yeah. famous from your town? Yep, we got Hank Williams. We got Hank, Hank Williams. Williams. Oh, yeah. here we go. Sandra's little eyes popped up, everyone. <laughs> and um, more recently, I moved to East Tennessee. So I'm from, look, my accent's just come back just talking about it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes. Um, so I'm from a little town in West Tennessee, but I moved over east, and that's where, around about where Dolly's from, so. Dolly! Dolly Parton! Oh, yeah. again, Sandra's eyes are lighting up. You're speaking a language. I know, I know. We have so much common ground just from being on opposite ends of the world. It's I know, right? Something. Yeah. See? Country music brings well, people the, together. It's that's music, right. it's food, it's right. culture. culture. It's, this is what our program's about, is how we can become like one on the same journey. So mm-hmm. um, lovely to have you here in Australia. Yes, so thank welcome. You. Thank Even you. though we should have welcomed you four years ago when you got here. <laughs> well, but we can do it now. That's right. We, we, yeah. we uh, welcome everyone with open arms. Yeah, thank you here so in Australia, much. For sure. Yeah, I represent the, I guess, the immigrant piece on this show. So this other Australia, that's what people I don't think realise a lot of people that aren't in Australia is that we have such a large percentage of immigrants, first um, generation immigrants here, but also second generation. And come to think of it, anybody that's not a First Nations person would have come from an immigrant lineage. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And this is it. This is what we're doing is we're bringing the flavour. So, Mm. you know, hopefully people out there will learn, listen and love. Yeah. Yay. So I think our friend in Tennessee wanted a request. So we are going to be lining up wherever she is. Where did she get to? Oh, uh, yeah. 
I think I think <laughs> we'll keep, I, I think we'll keep talking through that. Yeah, do it. Um, so that we can cue that up. We don't want to disappoint no. our first request. So, um, yeah, but a lot of people probably don't understand our rich culture here in um, Western Australia with with good music, country music. We have mm. it here too. Bush ballad. Um, is something that I've become familiar with. So country music is not just a southern, you know, thing from the US, no. right? No. So, but anyway. we have our own country sway, don't well, we, Sandra? We well, have um, Australian Tamworth. country music is um, considered probably the most different country music throughout the world. Like mm. you have a lot of people copy American country music, but Australia has their own, mm. so which is very unique and different. Yep, that's true. Wow, amazing. Sure. And you have still yet to get to Tamworth to explore all of that. One day. That's true. One day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You and me, we're going. We're going. Boots in the dust. Hey, boots in the dust. All right. So we're going to load up Miss Dolly Parton herself. Um, And this is for our listener in Tennessee. So if anyone else is international, hello, Kaya from afar in Western Australia, Perth, Western Australia. We're in Durbanara down in Rockingham country. Rocket and Buja, and you've joined us on Buja Dreaming Show. So yep. enjoy, everyone. Your voice, your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. I hope you enjoyed our little stint of playing Dolly Parton there for all those Dolly Parton fans, especially to our friend from Tennessee. Lovely to know yeah. that Tennessee is tuning in tonight. So, what's the time difference? Are they they're like twelve hours, it's aren't six they? Six o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. my gosh! So yeah. he's up at six. Yep. Well done. I know. Takes a bit of <laughs> discipline for that, doesn't it? That's awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, um, we also would love to promote a lot of events and workshops and things that are happening in the community. So I'm going to hand it over to Sandra. There's a brilliant event coming up very soon. So hopefully, people can get down and support it. It's called Wild and Free 2022 at the Fabonacci Centre in Fremantle for Mental Health Week. It is a fair presented. Uh, the presenter is Julian Wade, otherwise known as Lucy, <laughs> is an emerging artist. Um, Kaya Julian. Hi, Julian. If you're listening. And it's from the 8th of October to maybe the 15th. And it's oh, Fabo. So they're going to have some different artists. Yeah. So the 8th of October to the 15th, they've got 25 artists, oh. including Julianne Waite. Wow. Showcasing 100 pieces of original quality art uh, from WA Artists. And it's a non-alcohol event. And they have a different thing each day. So, I'm uh, sorry, everybody. And is there a cost to it? It's $25. Right. Um, and is that just for like one day or the whole event? That I'm not Don't too know. sure of. Okay. Uh, no, no entry fee, sorry. I oh. apologise. Maybe yeah. I was making the 25 for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you down there. I'm sure, um, they will, I'm sure they'll gladly take the donation if you're willing to give it. Or I it's think an so, but don't art. quote me on that. But it does say... Um, no entry fee, 85% of sales go directly to the artist, so that's supporting oh, local fantastic. artists as well. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. And um, for all of our music lovers out there, we have In the Pines, much beloved music festival that happens about this time each year. 
So that's our sister radio station. I say that just because they're also a local radio station that we speak of a lot. RTR um, FM's In the Pines will showcase 20 bands. Um, so that's happening at UWA's Somerville Auditorium on Sunday, the 4th of September, highlighting that was today. Today, so yeah, oh. but it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be ongoing. So maybe some of you are still there tonight. Um, there's still several bands, um, including Ghost Care, Shabon Kachin, um, Mountain Mountain. Jack Davies is playing later on. So uh, you definitely make your way up there and get yourself a wristband if you can. There is no requirement to show vaccination status at the entry, so really no reason not to go. Enjoy. Fabulous. And I just actually posted hot off the press an event that we've been working with, the Bedford Dale Markets. And we've called it Jilba Markets. So, again, we're talking about the Noongar Six Seasons and we're embracing that this season is Jilba, which is one of my favourites because it's all about the colours and the food and the babies and... Oh, it's just beautiful. You just need to get out there and see country people. And it is on Saturday the 24th of September, so a few weeks yet, 9 to 1. And myself, I'll be doing a live cooking demo, so showcasing our native herbs and spices. We've got the Mindmar Dreaming Dancing, the Wildflower Society. We've also got some Aboriginal... Uh, storeholders that would be selling their goods and wares and also some free Aboriginal art activities. So if you are bored and you would like to come and be a part of that and learn and come and support our sisters and brothers that are doing some fantastic stuff at the markets, then come on down 24th of September, 9 to 1. So it's not that long of a day. You could come and have breakfast I am definitely going to try to get up on that that sounds amazing I know it's going to be good it's going to be good so first time we've been a part of the Bedfordale market so we've been working with them to put this together so that's how we actually came around um, calling it Jilba Festival so fantastic yeah so that's going to be exciting as well so there is lots to see and do especially around um, you know, learning about our culture and, um, you know, us playing a role in the community and, and joining forces with um, the Bedford Dale Markets crew. So we're very excited about that. That's fantastic. Another thing I want to bring up, Fremantle, the Fremantle Dockers are in the uh, finals oh, yeah. next week. Yeah, they sure the are. They well done. Right. And I didn't see a lot of representation around Fremantle, like, regarding. I think in past years they've, like, painted the streets with purple chalk, which may have may or may not have washed away with the rain, so maybe that's why. But um, I think th- but yeah. the people in the Fremantle community did get behind them and put up oh, good. Uh, posters and signs and everything awesome. for everybody. Yeah, I didn't see really much either, but hopefully. Yeah, yeah. well... They're getting their shout out here and now. So. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Go the purple. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a blue and gold girl, sorry, I'm an Eagles diehard. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say congratulations to the Dockers. So um, let's go to some music, hey guys. Let's do it. Your voice, your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. Well, we hope you are not sitting in that lounge room and just listening to us, but getting up and getting in the groove, because we are grooving on in this studio this evening, aren't we, ladies? Yes, we are. 
we are all over the place. <laughs> we are doing the country music thing. We are playing First Nations music. We are taking requests. We sure are. Why both looking at me? <laughs> we are both looking at you. <laughs> I think I reckon I'm gonna. If we still hang around, I'm gonna start talking like an American. What do you reckon? You reckon? I reckon. <laughs> well, you know they they tell me I have an Australian accent, and then you know when I'm talking to Yunes, you tell me that I've got an American accent. <laughs> yes, we say Yunes down where I'm from. <laughs> so Yunes even incorporate that, and you'll be a real southerner. <laughs> you're, you're halfway there. That's it. Mm. Um, we'd love to hear more from our audience base if you guys have connected with us on our facebook page on across any of our social media platforms let us know where you're from what you're up to on a sunday evening and what brings you to the ipl station i'm actually really curious to know how we broadcast you know in five different countries apparently and let's see if i can we've got america canada australia new zealand Who's the last one? What is the UK, last one? maybe? I think it's UK. Okay. Yeah. So how did you find us? You know, what interests you about the show? Let us know. Mm. Definitely. Or what other shows that you listen to? Because obviously it's not just us. There's other programs throughout the week. Mm. And sure. they sound amazing too. So we're going to have to tune in and, and listen as well. So, um, But definitely on our program, we're going to be probably bringing a lot of the, you know, really close issues that are really close to our hearts and, um, you know, yarn through them, take you through them, have you come join on the journey, have you come join some of the workshops and things that are coming up and, you know, hopefully as we get our feet into this studio we can, you know, have some live interviews and things like that. So that'll be wonderful. So if you'd like to come on the show and have a yarn. yarn. Be great. We'd love to have you. And speaking of events, I don't know if you guys have attended any cool events lately in your area or put on anything local. We talked a little bit about um, Bindi Bindi Dreaming's um, upcoming events. And um, so we'd love it to see you all there. And what For about sure. you guys? That'll be a good one. Yeah. Well, we hosted a for bingo and that was oh, through that was me amazing. and Famous Sharon. <laughs> and if you don't know Famous Sharon, you're... Not famous, <laughs> as she would say, but um, it was absolutely madness. We had oh, you guys it was good. It was good. catching ping pong balls into the audience for points. We had you doing cultural quizzes so we can enhance your knowledge yeah. um, and just a bit of fun. It was two hours of non-stop madness. So, um, LJ, you were there. Tell, I was there. Tell our audience, what do yeah, you reckon? No, what did you do? What did you get up to? Lit. What was um, the food you ate? Oh, like I was saying, like the the chicken and the cake, I reckon, were my favourite. I definitely now have this palette for lemon myrtle. I'm like craving it. Oh, so nice one. I'm going to have to figure out. I'm going to have to, you know, get some of the recipes at some point, maybe off air because I know it's top <laughs> secret. I don't even know how. You, if, um, yeah, what I have to do to, uh, to get learn it. a little bit about that. But but I'll be trying. So, because that was really, really good. Um, and so we kind of did this activity, didn't we? And we had a bit of a conversation after did. it. Let's... Um, tell people about yes. that because so, okay. it's actually one of my things that I do for my groups when they come to learn about our culture and it's kind of you stand in a line and then I ask you a series of questions around Aboriginal history, people, if you've been involved in our community. So 
You were there. What, did, I, what were your thoughts on it? Did well, you yes, kind of know what we were going to do with you guys you're, then? You're dobbing me in right now, Marissa. Because I sure what am. What actually happened, mind you, was a bit of a, a, a question. Have you ever had Bush Tucker with a First Nations person? Did you know um, the, the, you know the name of your community where the where it came from, your um, suburb. I think I said Borlu. Do you know Borlu? Yeah, Do you know Borlu? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Which so is the Noongar name for Perth. Yeah. Have you, you know, mm. ha- have you ever um, attended um, a cultural event or all of these questions? And I have to confess, I was the last one in the room. I was the farthest back. I took the fewest steps forward indicating that I had the least amount of cultural mm. awareness. And so Marissa yeah. then yelled out, yelled, you know, to the back of the room, hey, bet you back there, what's your, who are you? Mm. And how do you not know this stuff? And mm. I had a bit of an out because I could say, oh, I'm from America. You know, we just, we don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know America, but then only partially. <laughs> so, but no. lovely that La, uh, the LJ actually fessed up and yeah. said, I don't know enough about our people and culture. And Actually, that's what the whole activity was about, uh, uh, is if you yeah. were standing at the back, actually indicated, you know, not enough in our space. And I have to say, I was at least I was being honest, because I yeah, was, was questioning beautiful. some of those people, like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, you, yeah you, you just working your way to the front to get a, you know, get that ping pong ball, <laughs> yeah. catch that ball or whatever. That's but right. no, uh, just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, so, and then Marissa said, you know, well, we need to have a talk or something. Come talk to me after. And I took that to heart, didn't you I? Because did. then we yep. went, we had a coffee, and here we are now, and yeah. the rest is history, as they say. So there you go. That's it. And <laughs> it was interesting to see that a lot of the Aboriginal people were at the front of the room, which that's yeah, what I suspected would yeah. have happened. Oh, uh, but also games. a lot of non-Aboriginal people. Oh, it was just an activity. It wasn't a game was as a, such. Yeah. It was more around like Tiny. an awareness of... Yeah. You and the space and what you know about Aboriginal people, community and issues. So um, it was about them stepping forward. If they hadn't done or been a part of the community, they had to step back. So it was a bit of a, oh, my gosh, I might have stepped forward because, yes, I had an Aboriginal manager or I've been on country with Aboriginal person. I think I even asked, have you ever had a smoking ceremony or been a part Mm, of the smoking ceremony? So, you know, it was about people walking forward or not. and, yeah, just interesting because it was about, like, looking at yourself and where you were placed mm-hmm. as well in that mm-hmm. line. And I made everyone look around to go, you know, have a look around to see who else is standing where and where you yeah. are at. So um, a lot of I did get a lot of feedback from people after that event around that little activity and yep. um, people, you know, kind of fessed up and went, wow, I didn't actually know. Yeah, we how much I did know or how much I didn't yeah, know. So it, it does make yeah. you reflect on your life and, you know, thinking about other cultures around the world because you could do the same for any other culture and go, Where what do I know about, you know, mm-hmm. Maori people or what do I know about native Indian people, you know? Like it's, so it's sometimes it's hard to know what you don't know. You don't sort of know what you don't know unless that's pointed out to you so mm. and then it's like wow okay yep. let's let's have a look at that so we all have sort of our blind spots and I think sometimes it's about being super honest about that and um, yep. and having sort of a curious inquisitive mind and asking those those questions and breaking through some of those barriers and yep yeah, totally yeah 
And that's it. We're not here to judge you. We just want you to come on the journey. I mean, a lot of people know a little bit about our culture, but, you know, I'm me and Sandra are still learning very much a lot about our culture and a lot of the young ones that are coming through, um, you know, and, that, and that's our role and our duty to make sure that, you know, culture's around forever. And, and I think with the cooking, it really, really helps. It um, mm. brings people in, well, food brings anybody in. Mm. And I think with the with the spices and, as you say, infusing the spices into different foods, mm. it really it, – it, it, people ask questions and then we can just – That's right. It's a talking point, mm. isn't it? So people go, wow, what did you do to that chicken? Yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. you do to that cake? What's that flavour? <laughs> and there's some people that won't try stuff, but, you know, we have kids out there, then you do the kids' programs, you, they'll try something once and if they like it, they'll come back. So it's just teaching people, you know, different ways of cooking and and enjoying it yeah. with people as well. Not yep. only enjoying it, but talking about it. It's fantastic. And for all of you that might not be able to come to one of our cooking events or one of the, the events that we're talking about, <clears throat> I saw a pretty good movie on Netflix that you could always tune into because um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of actual movies and um, we're playing a lot of musicians on this show, obviously, a lot of bands and groups that you may or may not have been aware of. Um, so, yeah, I saw Charlie's Country. Who did you say acted in that movie? I wasn't familiar with the actor. David Gullipool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, his eyes. So beautiful. So deep and beautiful. But anyway, the movie itself was quite phenomenal because um, it highlighted something about Aboriginal culture that, and it did so well, something that I really hadn't thought much about myself or that I wasn't really aware of. And that was something that we touched on a little bit earlier in the show, but basically just how legislation um, is underrepresented in the Aboriginal community. So here is this um, native man named Charlie who's living in a sort of a remote area out bush and his interaction with law enforcement there he's sort of used in a way by law enforcement to daub in the local you know people that are growing weed um, or whatever so he's sort of used when a friend of theirs and like they he's one of the good ones if you will in their in the movie portrays like this from like a, a white you know racist perspective um, but then when he purchases a um a gun um that it's t so that he can go hunting yeah so he actually has a friend um in his community that gets very sick from eating the food eating you know all the crap that we're bombarded with in in our culture and and ends up going to hospital in darwin where he gets sedated with all kinds of you know pharmaceutical pills to just kind of keep him you know um, alive at the very minimum. And so he decides that he doesn't want that fate to happen to him. So he goes out to hunt, but then his gun gets taken away by law enforcement. So he builds a spear so that he can go hunt and just something as simple as just eating and practicing cultural heritage. It's so tragic um, to see this, this person who's... Um, then they take away his spear. So it's like everything that he tries to do, which are just simple acts that shouldn't be um, 
made illegal for him to practice his basic culture, for him to procure his own food, which he's going out into the bush, uh, putting himself through rain and the elements and whatnot to get just so that he can have a healthy diet and just to have that taken from him. And so it was such a fascinating sort of a portrayal on just these little things and and how this legislation and this underrepresentation and how these laws have encroached upon someone who just wants to practice their culture who just wants to eat who just wants to catch their own food or trap or you know um, hunt their own food yes it's really good and so these are the difficulties that we actually face even today so I was just saying to you earlier that one of my grandfathers um you know, he went down to collect quandongs mm. from a nature reserve or a national park and I was actually working for CALM at the time, which is Conservation and Land Management and um, one of the rangers fined him for taking those quandongs from the tree and said that he couldn't have them and he'd been down there every year to collect these quandongs and he would take them home to his wife so she could make quandong jam. So, mm. unfortunately... You know, for Pop, he had the the quandongs were just thrown on the side, and he was just left in tears, and he was copped a hundred dollar fine. Um, and to find like the old people, you know, they're really struggling with their money and funds, and he just didn't have the money. So when I found out about it, because he rang me up and he was really upset, and lucky I was working for the entity, so I just went into the the ranger and I said, "Look, I'm going to pay his fine, but." Um, you know, we need to work together on this because Pop has been every year, each year, he's had no, had no problem whatsoever to go and collect quandongs from this place. So um, these have been just many of the stories that have happened to our people. You know, there's a lot of the boys, they get stopped from getting the wood f- to make their didgeridoos and things like that. The the women get stopped to making their wanna borners and their tapping sticks. So we are still facing a lot of these issues today. So, you know, we're trying to work with the land authorities, um, you know, to say we'd still love to keep that strong connection of culture and this is what the oldies have taught us and we need to reteach the younger generation as well. Um, and, you know, for us, it do- it's not about reaping country. It's about actually just foraging, getting enough for what we need and then getting on out of there because we know those quandongs are going to grow again so we're not going to hammer and take from country everything, you know. It's about we just, you know, forage from plant to plant and leave a couple on there because we also are sharing country with the animals. We know the birds eat those quandongs, you know, and then they propagate them so that's how it works as well. Yeah, but um, Charlie's country, you know, we hope that it, opens people's eyes to the real issues that we face in the Aboriginal communities. And, um, you know, the, the more that you understand them, the, the more better that you'll be able to come on our journey and join us and, you know, help us move forward through whatever we can conquer, you know. We, we have so many laws and things that are up against us, so... Yeah. I'm I'm glad yeah. that you have had a snapshot of something like yeah. that. But there's so many, like rabbit proof fence, yeah. ten clouds or yeah. beneath clouds, sorry, ten canoes. I'm getting it mixed up. <laughs> ten canoes, beneath clouds. There's so many Aboriginal movies out there. We're gonna go to a song, but we're gonna come back because we're actually gonna talk about a movie that's just come out. Yes. And they've just released it as part of the City Fest and um Perfect. I was a part of that. So we're gonna take a bit of a break. And do some more dancing in our studio. Mm -hmm. Your voice. Your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. 
Well, I know for me it has been probably a decade since I've been to a circus. I don't even know what and how what they look like anymore. Do you? I'm probably 40 years. 40 years? Even worse than me. Yeah, probably 40 years. Wow. We, 12. we need to go to that Grey Moscow mm. Circus. That's pretty shocking. Such a, <laughs> such a little catchy jingle too. Oh my gosh, how yeah. are we bopping? So I think we are well, due to go to the circus. Yeah, Astro true. Circus, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kaya, everybody, thanks for joining us this evening on IPL Radio down here in Derbal Nara Buja, down in Rockingham. So, um, yeah, I actually went down to Bunbury about two weeks ago for the Cinefest Oz. So, if you don't know what it is, it's about... Um, a showcase of films, Australian directors, producers of films and they come over to the West um, each year to, you know, showcase the great stuff that small film producers are, are doing. So, you know, we have people like Rove McManus and his wife come and, you know, some other really brilliant actors and, and people in the industry that come over. So I attended two weeks ago and it was just fantastic. So we were invited to do catering for the opening night on Bunbury and the Cinefest goes for about a week, I think. So, you know, people come and go um, and it goes down to Busselton as well. So, uh, Sounds cool. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Like amazing. just mind-blowing stuff. And, you know, I ran into a lot of people. So Narelda Jacobs from the Channel 10 News, wow. who is our newsreader that says Kaya every evening to everybody oh, before yeah. she starts the news. She was there and she was one of the MCs for the event on the Tuesday night when we went for Bunbury. So awesome. it was lovely to see her and she did a little video of me explaining all the food because she was just like, what's that, Marissa? Why is that red? It's deep in red. I love it. What is it? So she was doing a little film clip on um, her Instagram account. Nice. So she's going to make me famous. Thanks, Narelda, <laughs> <laughs> um, of um, some of the food. But I think what really fascinated me is, you know, how many Aboriginal filmmakers and directors that we've got in the industry now, which is fantastic. And one of the things that um, – won an award this year was Jub Clerk with her little small film uh, called Sweet As. And you've probably been seeing the little short film or the little short previews that's been popping up on Facebook. If not, follow Cinefest Oz. Check it out, okay. the little okay. the little film clip for Sweet As. It just looks amazing, this movie. And well done to Jub. Um, for producing that. So I can't wait to watch that. And I think as part of uh, the two weeks or the one week, you could actually go and see the film. So they did like a bit of a, a film night as well. So, um, you know, there's so many. Yeah, he came too. He was there. Mark Cole-Smith was here. So he's that really good looking boy. He was boy. in the um, <laughs> last Cab to Darwin. Yes. And a few other ones. He was in that dark gruesome one you know where he was the spirit or whatever it was oh god um oh, top of my head so oh, yeah people like mark movies. smith coles was here as well cool yeah so that was a little bit of a trip for me um do you is there anything else coming up sam that we can see or can we direct people to think about some movies that they'd like to see that um, you could recommend that they could learn a little bit more about our history and culture well What's some faves of yours? 
recently I've been watching uh, Redfern Now again. Well, Redfern Now. Um, and I was watching it and Drew was home. And we were watching it and I um, said, explaining and we started watching it, the whole the series. And he goes, this is amazing, you know, because it was Aboriginal people on his TV. And he's like, yeah. And, I, and um, he was, then I turned it over and I watched The Sopranos and he goes, um, can you put it back? He goes, I want to watch the... That's very interesting. Yeah. now. So, That's yeah. awesome. Oh, and this is Drew, My who's son. Sandra's son, who Aww. is 16. How so, awesome is that? So when Redfern now first came out, he was only little, so he wouldn't have seen any of it. How cool. And, like, so if I watch a, a movie, he'll come and watch it with me as well now. Has he shown an interest, like, in cultural stuff that you've introduced him to? Like, or is, is he starting to, maybe, in a way? Um, some days. Yeah, okay. That's Other days, thing. his yeah. cultural thing is probably PS4. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a different culture. Uh, yeah. Every kid, sixteen-year-old culture. <laughs> yeah, kids so, these yeah. days. <laughs> um, but no, he's just a normal sixteen-year-old boy. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He's interested in cooking, so he's been doing. He oh, adds cool. a lot of spices to the cooking when he cooks right. now. Well, Drew's come out on on cooking country, you know, cooking yeah. on country with us as well. So Drew's been taught well. at a very early age. He's been cooking since he was ten. Oh so my yeah. gosh. Yep, he's been out on country with us. Amazing. And the best thing about it, he thinks he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Um, Shout out to Drew if have you're out you there actually, LJ, have you watched Rabbit Proof Fences yet? I have not, but it's on my list. Yep. So I've got a growing list here. Can you, awesome. tell me, can you tell us a little bit about it without like giving a spoiler? Well, I think Rabbit Proof Fence is every Aboriginal person's story because of just what it represents. And it was about. You know, a time where, you know, there was authority, wasn't our authority, but uh, the Western world's authority and they had a, had a law in place to take our younger generation away from their parents. So, you know, a lot of our parents were placed in institutions such as missions around the whole of Australia. We're not just talking about WA. Um, but obviously, it's you know, those issues are very close to me and Sandra's heart because... Both our families have been a part of the stolen generation with our grandparents, our mums, aunties, uncles, even, you know, ourselves yeah. as well, you and know. not only did they, they take them away from their families, they took them off their land as well and they put them in another part. Yeah, so wow. They took people from up wow. north and brought them down. Yep. And, you know, separated people in that way. They separated brothers yeah. and sisters um, mother and children. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they did. A so, if you came from a home of like, you know, seven or eight or ten children, all of your children would have went to all different missions. Like, they were separated as well. So, a lot of them, you know, didn't even reunite um, or, you know, didn't reunite with their mums or fathers because they'd passed away as well, which, you know, it's um, some of the stories are just heartbreaking and heart-wrenching when you listen to the elders talk about them but um you know it's the time that we get to understand that error because yeah. of them sharing that you know about the stolen generation and so my grandmother was put into Magumba mission and she was from Katanning mm. so you know she never once talked about her time at that place because it was just horrible she didn't enjoy that place at all so 
um, you know, this I, I share her story through me now, but it's to gain an awareness to people out there about those atrocities and those really critical things that happen to us, you know, in our communities and how we're doing the best to, you know, move past that and, yeah. you know, bring people on the journey of, of around what that was and how we can move forward with that. And with that, we people were taken, but um, people united as well, like... People become sisters. People, oh, yep. and they made a sisterhood. They made a brotherhood. They made, they made families together. Wow! Like so, if yeah, if so they, they were taken, from they their... shared stories. They shared, they shared right. food. They shared time together. They grew together. Um, they become family. Like mm, we're wow. me and her are family. Wow! You know, because our families were, if you go through the years, have been yes. close. So we've become close. And you get that you get that sense really too that so much has been taken, and yet so much really remains in terms of the what's truly important. And I think family is connection is whether it's to the land, one another, truth. And there's been people that were were actually taken, and they were taken overseas as well. Oh yeah, that's right. That's some a whole different story. Yeah, yeah oh. some of our people because they were fair skinned. They wanted them to, you know, be like the Western society. So some people ended up in America, some ended up in yep. England. So, yeah. So we're just finding that some of those people are coming back and reconnecting, you know, here. But some of them have found that they're too late because their parents have died. So they've, you know, that's a whole new yeah. chapter of a book for those, those ones that are coming back to country. I actually remember a story of men in America... He didn't realise he was an Aboriginal Australian. Wow. And he was in his fifties. And so yeah. That's incredible. So he grew up not knowing his true identity, I you know. But the but as I said, we did people did become close and um shared their stories, shared their family. Yeah. Well, I remember being out on that cattle station in the Kimberleys. Um, I was outside of Halls Creek. And um, that was like the first time that I really got to, you know, be around a lot of Aboriginal people. Well, not necessarily at the station, but in the town of Halls Creek. And I found that the the ringers were somewhat racist or I think you might just say ignorant in general. They'd come to believe what they had been taught and, and what they had seen but they hadn't really dived deep into that because maybe it was uncomfortable. Maybe it was easier to explain something without really, you know, questioning it because maybe doing so might have made them look inward at themselves in some kind of a way. So I think that's the way that ignorance works. Sometimes we want a simple solution. But at any rate, um, so I found myself in the position, maybe making myself a little bit... um, unpopular there but I was so fascinated but you were heartfelt because you you knew (laughs) I can't help it yeah (laughs) so I was asking questions like that and then one day after after dinner because I was a cook there on the station I wasn't a ringer but um a fella stayed behind and said I want to talk to you and he said my grandmother is aboriginal and I don't want anybody to know about this Mm. because they'll they treat me differently, you mm. know, here. And, yep. you know, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, it, it's important to fit in, really. Mm. In a, yeah, so, but I, I, got, I understood that. And so he was telling me the story about his grandmother as a baby being put into a, you know, those big ant hills that they have? The termite so mounds, they yeah. Her inside, they 
they hollowed one out or they somehow hid her inside a termite mount in the ground yep. um, when they were coming and rounding up the children. Yep. And he told me more. He told me that um, he was raised on a station and there were many Aboriginal people that worked there. And I was trying to understand, yeah. you know, the role that, that, that they played. He said, I was always around, mm. you know, Aboriginal people growing up. My family was half Aboriginal. We had this cattle station. He said, what people don't realize is so... There was an unfortunate situation that I became, unfortunate, tragic situation that happened on that station, Sturt Creek Station. There was an, an Aboriginal fellow back at the, I guess, turn of the century or something named Banjo, and he had taken a cow. And so then the federal, the, the, the federal agents. Well, or that whoever, would have been seen as a crime exactly. in their eyes. Yeah. So they said yeah. he was stealing. We need to go get him. We got to yep. go get him. And so they did. They set out to go get this, this fella. And, um, and he would have thought he did no wrong. You know, exactly. hey, we're sharing country. So we want to share cattle. They said, where's Banjo? Where's Banjo? Where's Banjo? And of course, nobody would reveal his whereabouts. So do you know what they did? And this is a horrible story. So just if you if you're if you're feeling a bit sensitive, you know you do what you need to do, but they chained up all of the the yep. people in the community and they shot them yeah. and they put them down in this well and they incinerated the bodies yep. and this was told through dreamtime stories mm. throughout you know through through paintings and through our Aboriginal art, yep. um, but it was never until last year finally it came to light. Yep. They did some forensic studies on on that, and they said that was human bones remains. And so wow. there was finally some some justice for what had happened in a sense of admit. I mean, very. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. You can't say justice, but acknowledgement. Yeah. You know, on any real in any real sense. So that's well. Just, it's about bringing yeah. that truth to the surface, yeah. and then you know having yeah. some clarity and some closure for those families because it did happen here in Australia and we can't keep denying this these are real issues that have happened in our community and you know we have to bring them to the forefront and then deal best with what how we can deal with them and then move forward because you know those families need closure for what's happened in those communities and everyone's communities and and while I'm I'm on this very touchy subject um and again, if you're feeling sensitive, do what you need to do. But um, yeah, uh, I found an old journal. Mm. I found an old journal. Gosh, I wish I would right. have photocopied that. It was from one of the white, you know, settlers there that had that worked on the station. But the things he was talking about in that journal were firsthand accounts. He was talking about hunting, but not for animals. I know we we know all about yeah no we do this is like the early 1900s this is not that long ago people this is crazy I mean for me it was shocking it was it was just mind-blowing I'm sorry if this is triggering for some of you but Mm. I think that at the same time it's important to know that not not just over a hundred years ago that's in very recent history yep we're talking about this level of crime yep against against our brothers against our sisters it's not you know, it's not folklore. It's not made up. I know it's not a storybook. No, yeah. it is actually um, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it does. It it pulls the heartstrings of a lot of our community and a lot of our people. And you know, as you know, we've got to bathe through all of that, and you know, do our own healing and things for that too. Because if we don't heal ourselves and heal our country, 
then we can't move forward. So, you know, it's really – we need people to help us and we need us to help ourselves as well. So, yeah. you know, we can talk about these issues and talk about things that we can, you know, move forward with and, you know, create ourselves a better future as well. So, But there's a lot of books and movies now coming to the forefront to highlight these and talk about these and – showcase these truths of of what has happened in our history I think when I was at uni what really touched my nerves was a book called Blood on the Wattle and that was about the massacres that have happened all around Australia and like just reading it it is going to pull your heartstrings people but you know this is true atrocities that happened to our people Blood on the Wattle is you know it's gonna give you the heebie-jeebies at night but um you know at least this is a book that you can pick up and it's truth you know truth telling about our people and our community yeah because i think you know this stuff might be difficult to talk about but i think that healing can only come after there's acknowledgement of the you know of what has happened and so my intention is not for shock value it's not to make and we don't want to make that's right we don't want to make people feel guilty no because they weren't there at that time we understand that but it's just saying that we're not going to keep sweeping it under the carpet but bring it to the forefront and deal with it yeah, that's right. And move forward together. So essential in trauma with, with healing yep. to get that closure. Yeah, so. Yeah, and a lot of our people need that. That's what I'm saying. We need to heal on this journey together. But um, we'll leave it there. We will be coming back. Your voice. Your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio. Welcome back. You are on IPL IPL Radio. You are here with Marissa, LJ, and Sandra. And what you just heard was You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. You Sexy Thing, Sandra. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my... So, we have some reviews about books because actually some people read books and do audible and that's not me I haven't read a book like all year yet so that's going to be all you ladies I've got audible awesome what is the latest greatest for you Sandra so I recently downloaded I have not listened to as yet or read as they say uh the boy from Boomerang Creek which is Ooh, Eddie Betts, Eddie Betts. Yes. yes so I'm look and Luke Carroll did uh, the narrative of it which oh, is good. awesome! Yeah, I don't know about that. We need to get in that space. I know. And we've, I've got. I uh, mean, with Luke Carroll doing the narrative, I didn't know yeah. about that. Wow! And I've got um, the Drover's Wife by Leah Parcell. Oh, and Leah she Parcell. does the narrative as well to her book, which recently she did the movie as well. Yes, and I've Leah's got great, great actress. The Australian classic My Place by Sally Morgan. Yep, so LJ, if you didn't know, My Place was probably the first Aboriginal book through the school system that people wanted you to read if you didn't know about Aboriginal culture. So My Place by Sally Morgan because, again, it was about a family that hid their Aboriginality to save the children from getting taken away. So this is another level of you learning about that, which is amazing. So... um, and my place, I just love that story. Like, you know, the authorities coming and then, you know, 
them saying they were another race, I think, or another culture. Yeah. Yeah, to hide their identity of their Aboriginality because they just knew the authorities were coming for those kids. So they used to say, you know, tell people that we're, I think it was Spanish or something, wasn't it? It was another culture because they were seen as that dark skin but not dark enough to be the Aboriginal looking but another ethnic culture, if I can remember from my place. But um, I thought it was Spanish. But the kids knew. They knew they were Aboriginal. Oh, they did, yes. But they just had to say that too so they didn't get taken away. Fascinating. It is. You should read it. You, I should you'll like it. I should actually. I have some Irish immigrants in my background. <laughs> Look they at were you. very frowned upon at one time in the United States. It was the Italians and the Irish, and we had to change our name down the down wow. the line. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that immigrated. You know, we're talking like several several generations back. Yep. But would have changed their names just so slightly. Wow. Yeah. Well, we same we changed our culture to save yeah, ourselves. Yeah, that's crazy. I have a Colombian, a very good friend who's a Colombian guy, and. And he similarly, his his um, father was a native person who changed his name so that it sounded more Spanish and less native. So there we go. Is, this is this is really interesting. It is a survival of the fittest, isn't it? Jesus. You got to do what you got to do, um, and you got to do kind of what's best for you and your family at the time as Gosh. well. So, if changing your culture and your identity was the best, or changing your last name, you know, to suit to escape, or you know get away from that atrocity or whatever to change your life. That's what happened, really. Cultural imperialism at its finest. Mm. Oh, my God. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, besides films, we have a lot of books. We have a lot of stage plays, Mm. movies. We have a lot of people that get out there and sing. Like, there's so much that we're sharing in the community about our culture. And, you know, there's no excuse. You'll... You'll be able to attend something or come to something to learn more. So that's the space we want to get in and have people come and join us. Yeah, absolutely. Watch something, read something, ask us questions, tune into the show. Yay! So, yeah. Gosh, we've only just started. You just wait till we really crank up. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. This is our first show debuting. So it is. Thank you if you're joining. Oh, give us, us feedback too. Yeah, if you've been yeah. listening, I post it up on my Facebook. So make a comment down below if you've been listening, if you've requested something, if you have a burning question, mm. we can address it next show as well. Or let us know of any more resources, any more mm. events and mm. workshops that are coming up. Let us know if you'd like to come on the show. You know, because we're going to start doing interviews. Um, yeah, oh, we'd love that. Possibly even as soon as next week. So if you if you or someone that you know oh. wants to come on and have a bit of a yarn with us and tell us about you know um the resource if you've got an upcoming event or yes something that you want to share if you want to serenade us with (laughs) your songs yes we know some singers don't we and dance (laughs) we've already written our list out on who we're inviting already just wait for your invitation yeah (laughs) invite yourself we're gonna have this little show pumping so Mm -hmm. please Mm -hmm. share we've got a facebook page as well Mm -hmm. ipl um inspire passionate, passionate live so please come and like the page yes. we'll be starting to post up there and and being proactive but you'll be able to see what's happening mm. with the mm. radio station and the the great mm. things that um, are happening here we definitely want to end on a happy note we've touched on we have a little bit of time left in the show yet and we've touched on a few different 
you know, some some tragedies, some some real talk that we've had. Yeah. And uh, but there are also a lot of positive things, and and that's what we also want to highlight too. That's yep. really important that we showcase people that are doing good in the community, yep. people that are inspiring others, and so that we can see people that look like us that are doing amazing things that are that are having fun, that are expressing their voice, that are inspiring others. Um, and we talked a little bit about some changes that um, you ladies have seen in, in the political stratosphere. So that's, that's really amazing that we're actually, that First Nation people are getting congressional representation. We yes. have more senators now? Oh, yes. Yeah, I know one, Dorinda. <laughs> <laughs> So we're getting distracted by our um, our our viewer our listener requests and admiration. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Aww. Thanks, well, Tristan. What's the station manager? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he loves the him. show. Thank you so <laughs> much, Tristan. Yes. Thanks Shout for tuning out. in and listening. And happy Father's Day, Tristan. Oh yes. And all the fathers out there. We've said it before, but we'll say it again. And to all the mothers, happy Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to all the mothers right. as well who stood alone and did it proud. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, look, we're really just touching the surface tonight, mm. LJ. I mean, yeah. a lot of the stuff that we've talked about is is our life and you're going to hear, you know, our life stories and, and the experiences that we've had um, and, and the things that we share to move forward. So, um, like, it's a really nice way to be a part of this show to do that. So mm. thank you for the invite and thanks to the station for um, allowing us to be here. What blows We're me really away is yes. that we've got a listener in Tennessee. That's so I know. Cool. Yay. Dylan, if you're still listening, this is just yet another shout out. I, I can't imagine that you would still be listening. You're probably in bed, but hey. Yeah, they're probably, <laughs> they're probably sleeping in America. No, they're just waking up. It's 8.49. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he, he's stayed up all night, so that's pretty awesome. Um, so we're developing our little following um, one person at a time, and we do broadcast across five um, countries, so that's really incredible. Um, so we understand that everybody's questions are going to be different, and everyone's level of knowledge and understanding and awareness is going to be different. But the fact that you're tuning in, it just means so much. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing the space with us. Mm-hmm. Shall we cut to some tunes? We shall do, and Let's then we'll say good night. Yes. Okay. So we have another listener request. We've got some special songs coming up, yeah, haven't we? Because we, we know that we've had a few mm. deaths in the community, mm. and we just like to pay homage and acknowledge those. Um, you know, the beautiful Archie Roach, who has wowed our, you know, Aboriginal music scene for some oh, fair yes. years with his wife, um, just recently passed, and then we've had. You know, Olivia Newton-John, again, who's wooed our screens and, you know, with the beautiful mm. movies and things that she's made. Oh, and Judith Durham from The Seekers as well. Yeah. Yeah, so we'd just like to give our heartfelt thanks to their contribution mm. to the music world and to gracing our screens as well. For sure. And without further ado, this is Rally Round the Drum with Archie Roach and Paul Kelly. Your voice. Your community station. You are listening to IPL Radio.